for day five of our consecration preparation with 33 Days to Morning Glory. Our guests today are Julie Musselman, and Julie is a mother of six. She lives in Central Florida. She's a wife and mother. And Michelle, Michelle Porcaro. Michelle, what an exciting life you have coming up here, Michelle. You've recently moved up to Massachusetts, and you are actually working at the National Shrine of Divine Mercy. It's a joint project that that you're doing with the Shrine and with Lighthouse Catholic Media. What a great joy to have you on the show with us today, Michelle and, and Julie. Great. Thanks Thank for having us. Thank you. Today we're going into day five. And I, I, after, yesterday's, after yesterday's lesson, a lot of people might be wondering, should we really give everything to Mary? Well, the second part of de Montfort's formula of consecration says that we should give everything including our interior and spiritual goods, which are our merits and our virtues and our good works, past, present, and future. You might be asking yourself, isn't this a bit too much? You know, Mary, no, it's perfect. It's beautiful. And let's see why by learning how the offering affects others and ourselves. In regard to others, when we fully consecrate ourselves to Mary, we're going to lose that unconditional right to distribute the value of our prayers and our good actions to others. In other words, we're giving the rights to those graces and merits of our prayers to Mary. We're telling her, Mary, I give you the right to distribute the grace of my prayers as you see fit. Now, making such a gift to Mary has a big benefit. It ensures that the grace of our prayers will be used in the best possible way. It works kind of like this. Because of her unique vantage point from heaven and on account of her most intimate communion with her divine son, Mary can best determine which people are most in need of our prayers. For instance, seeing some forgotten person in China about to die in despair, Mary can take the grace of our prayers and things that we offer up, those sufferings throughout our day, and use those to help that dying person to trust in God and accept his mercy. Now, perhaps this idea has got some of us thinking, well, that's great. I'm happy to help the dying person in China, whom I don't know, but I'd be disappointed if therefore couldn't use the grace of my prayers and good work to help people I do know, like my friends and family. I'm worried that if I give Mary the right to distribute the grace of my prayers and good work, then I thereby lose the right to pray for those whom I especially love even if they're less in need than other people in the world. This is a legitimate concern, but there's definitely no need to worry. Why? Why is there no need to worry? Well, there's two reasons. First, Mary makes the good things we give her even more perfect. In other words, she augments, increases, and purifies the spiritual gifts and merits we give her. When we give them to her, because she makes them more perfect, There's more grace and merit to go around to people all over. Let me just jump in there, Michelle. I I love Mm -hmm. what you're saying about Mary augments, increases, purifies the spiritual gifts and merits that we give to her. I I know that St. Louis de Montfort has put together an unforgettable analogy to help this really go home for us. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. St. Louis says, it is as if a peasant wishing to gain the friendship and benevolence of the king went to the queen and presented her with a fruit, which was his whole revenue. It was everything that he had in 
He gave it to her in order that she might present it to the king. The queen, having accepted the poor little offering from the peasant, would place the fruit on a large and beautiful dish of gold, and so on the peasant's behalf would present it to the king. Then the fruit, however unworthy in itself to be a king's present, would become worthy of his majesty because of the dish of gold on which it rested and the person who presented it. Between. Many of you might have uh, read or heard of the children's book by Josephine Obiso called Take It to the Queen, A Tale of Hope. And if you haven't, it's definitely worth interjecting here because what she's done in this book is she's used this exact analogy by St. Louis de Montfort of a peasant putting a piece of fruit on a gold platter. And she weaves this beautiful story where a town has all gone wrong and, and yet one person has this beautiful gift and he shares it with the queen, and the queen then can present it to the king. For me, children's books always just kind of really hit home with the message because it's so simple and clear. And I love uh, just kind of interjecting that here because we do whatever we give is really not that great. And Mary definitely has the gold plate to put it on and then to hand on to her son. But, you know, Michelle, there's a second reason we shouldn't worry. Mary is never outdone in generosity. So if we're so generous as to give her the right to distribute the graces from our prayers and good works, she'll surely be especially generous to our loved ones. In fact, she'll take even better care of our loved ones than we ourselves can. So let's say one of our family members or friends is in need of prayer, and we don't even know it. Well, Mary knows it, and she'll make sure that that person doesn't go without. Giving Mary the right to distribute the grace of our prayers and good good works doesn't mean we still can't pray for our loved ones. We can, and we should pray for them. It's just that we give Mary the final say in deciding to whom and for what purpose the grace of our prayers and works. That line just jumping out at me, Mary is not Mm -hmm. outdone in generosity. She especially hears the prayers of those of us who have given her everything, including the value of all our good works. And she wants us to tell her of the people and intentions we hold in our hearts. If we give her everything, if there is any doubt that she'll be generous in giving whatever good we ask for to those who are dear to us, even if we've given her everything, is there any doubt that she'll be generous in giving whatever good we ask to those who are dear to us? And and I love that because in the spiritual life, when we give away, we don't lose. We gain by what we give away. And I think this principle is kind of being shown here. It's Father Gately's sharing with us on really giving Mary everything. I think for me, too, it really hits home when I when I ponder the fact that she knows exactly what is going on in the lives of my friends and family more than more than I could ever even imagine. That's huge. And, you know, we have to be clear on this. We've talked a little bit about this in the other days. Mary is not God. Mary is the greatest creature that God ever created. But she does have a very, very special place in heaven, the Queen of Heaven. She is the mother of God, Jesus, who became a man on earth. And so she, in her, from her heavenly place, can know what's going on in each of our lives. Mm-hmm. And so when we give ourselves to her, she loves that. She wants to join in that intimacy of our hearts. And as we give everything over to her, help us all the more. John Martinoni actually makes a great comparison with the scripture as to whether or not the saints know what's going on in our lives. And he talks about the scripture passage where it says the angels rejoice at repentant sinner. And he kind of paints this picture of of the angels walking down the streets of heaven and they're rejoicing and the saints going, hey, 
What are you so happy about? He's like, I can't tell you, you're a saint. And it's kind of to drive home the point that the saints know too when a, when a sinner repents, and they too know where we're at in our hearts. Yeah, and you know, one of my favorite life verses, it's, you know, just the same right there with you and Mary, is Hebrews twelve one, the line, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. And that cloud of witnesses is the saints. And are they sitting back and kind of judging us like, hey, hope she gets it right this time? <laughs> no. You know, they're, you got to think of like the stadium and we're running the marathon and we're mm. coming up close to the finish line and they're in the stands because they already ran the marathon and they're cheering for us and they're saying, come on, you can do this. And Mary would be the most perfect of all the saints in heaven. So. She's the head cheerleader. She, she is. <laughs> She's the captain. <laughs> the captain of the squad. Yeah. You know, and when I think about this whole idea of should we give everything to Mary, it, when I initially read this, I, it was kind of scary. You know, I really fell into some of some of what we just discussed about what about my friends? What about my family? What if she forgets? But then I really had to come to terms with the fact that she is the compass who leads us all to Jesus if we just ask her to, if we just give her the ability to do that. And um, I've, I've really seen huge changes in my family's life and the lives of others when when we do that, when we just give everything to her. And so let's conclude our reading for Day 5 with our prayer for today that we'll ponder all day. Come, Holy Spirit, living in Mary, help me be generous in giving all that I have to Mary. That wraps up our Day 5 reading of 33 Days to Morning Glory. We'll have the discussion questions coming up right after this break. If you would like to get your own copies of 33 Days to Morning Glory, we've got the retreat book and the retreat companion. You can visit 33daystomorningglory.com.
You're listening to Real Life Radio's Living Witnesses with Mary Graham. We have Julie and Michelle with us today on the show. I highly encourage you get your own copy of the materials we are using during this consecration. We are preparing ourselves to consecrate our lives to Jesus Christ through the Immaculate Heart of Mary. You can get your materials at 33daystomorningglory.com. That's the number 33daystomorningglory.com. We are using the retreat booklet written by Father Michael Gately and also the 33 Days to Morning Glory Retreat Companion written by Carol Younger. And those are available at 33 Days to Morning Glory. Our first question on day five is, should we really give Mary everything? As we begin to contemplate the reality of giving Mary everything, Let's remember the generosity of life practiced by priests, brothers, nuns, consecrated single persons, and the faithful married, all of whom offer themselves to God according to their state of life. The generous giving of oneself is not just for us who are on this retreat. Everyone is called in some way to give everything to God. Marian consecration makes it easier, quicker, sure, more perfect. But how? Now we're reading from the workbook, the Retreat Companion for 33 Days to Morning Glory. And I love the phrase of this question, the generosity of life practiced by priests, brothers, nuns, consecrated single people, and the faithfully married. I think in our world today, we kind of think of vocations only to the religious life. We pray Mm -hmm. for vocations while we're praying for more priests. But really, the vocations, there's three vocations, and every person has one of these three. It's to religious life, consecrated single life, or holy marriage. And so in all of us who are married, which is obviously the greater majority of of people and the vocation that they end up in, we're called to sacrifice and give generously of ourselves every single day to our spouse. If we're blessed with children, then the sacrifice becomes even more real and great. And that it's like a school of generosity. You know, we have to every single day learn to give ourselves more and and be more generous. And that requires a lot of, you know, offering it up. I feel like the term offering it up isn't isn't used nearly like it used to be. There's so much value when we unite our sufferings to the cross and we unite it to Christ and and it can make our pain more bearable when we do such a thing. I had a friend who 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 said all the time that there's a lot of great suffering going to waste. <laughs> Our mothers used to say, you know, offer it up, offer it up, you know, almost like uh-huh. kind of dismissively. But but they really had something there. They might not have really articulated the grand theological virtue behind it. Right. <laughs> but some of us did grow up hearing that a lot, and yet we haven't really played that forward and, and shared it so much with people today. You don't hear it as much. So this concept of Marian consecration, and and the question is, how does Marian consecration make it easier, quicker, sure, and more perfect? While we are all striving for holiness, Mary was the only person and is the only human person that always does the will of God. So when we do offer our sufferings, when we offer, um, you know, our struggles, she is able to make those things more perfect because she is always interested in the will of God and bringing us to her son. We really do see an example of this in our earthly life. What mother doesn't want her child to perform the best? How many of us have tweaked that science fair project or checked over that homework to make sure all the answers were correct? 
sometimes even held their hand through the entire assignment or project. We do this because we want them to perform at an optimum. We want what's best for them. We want them to achieve all that they've been created to achieve. And from a spiritual perspective, Our Lady feels the same way about each and every one of us. She wants us to achieve all that God created for us. She wants us to achieve that ultimate grace of holiness and full union with her son. She wants us to join her at the heavenly banquet. I think it was St. John Paul the Great who wrote that we're in the school of Mary in his rosary encyclical. And and I love that phrase. You know, I want to be in Mary's classroom. I want her to be my teacher. And when I think of her in that role, then Marian consecration is the easiest, quickest, surest way to become a saint. Well, let's go on to the second question that we have here, Mary. The second question in today's workbook is one of the benefits of giving everything to Mary is that she augments our gifts and makes them more perfect. Recall St. Louis's analogy of the peasant and the king. It's on page 4041 of your 33 Days to Morning Glory book. Which of your gifts would you especially like to become more perfect before God gets it? Would you ask Mary to perfect it? Well, let's go back to that analogy, first of all. So the idea is that if you think of like the olden days with kings and queens and peasants, we are basically peasants, beggars. And when we give a small gift, which is a small gift to a king, but an enormous gift to us, say a piece of fruit or something from our labors, Mary can take that piece of fruit that might be kind of, you know, a little too too fresh or a little too uh, overdone, and she puts it on a golden platter and augments it and presents it to the king. And the king sees her beauty, her glory, the golden platter, and our, you know, unique offering on that. So... I, I just love that analogy, and uh, Michelle, talk a little bit about the, uh, the the second part of that question. Which of your gifts would you especially like to have be more perfected by God? Absolutely. Thanks, Julie. And I, when I think of a, a gift that God has given me that I would want it to be more perfect, I I look at my past and how I've always had a deep, deep love for the poor and the suffering, even from a young age. That eventually led me to uh, work with runaway and homeless youth at an amazing agency called Covenant House. But when I read Matthew 25, when Jesus talks about how when you fed the hungry, you did it to me, One of the things that I recognize is while I do have a deep love for the poor and suffering, I don't always see Jesus Christ in them. And that's something that I very much would ask Mary to help perfect in me because love is great, but if you're not sharing your love of Jesus Christ by recognizing the Christ in the other person, then then we're not getting to the root of love, which is God. And I also just think about Pope Francis and how this is the message that's coming from him, that while we can help the poor by offering them money or clothing or food, really the what we need to be doing is recognizing their human dignity, looking in their eyes, asking them their name, and giving them time so that they 
they are able to feel like a person. So many of us walk right past them on the street and not only don't make eye contact, but avoid eye contact. Michelle, you, you, you mentioned that you recently moved up to Massachusetts and you're living at the Divine Mercy Shrine. I know there's a group of men up there who are really taking that to heart. Can you tell us a little bit about the Marian Missionaries of Divine Mercy? Yeah, the Marian Missionaries of Divine Mercy, is they're an incredible group of young men who have given a year to discernment, and part of their discernment process is to serve the poor. So what they do is they go out into the streets um, several days a week and spend time doing just, just what Pope Francis is talking about, spending time looking in the eyes of the poor. When the Marian missionaries go out into the streets, they, it's not just to offer material goods, it's to give them love that many people uh, are not giving them. So if you want to learn more about the Marian missionaries, you can go to their website. It's marianmissionaries.org. And there's going to be a, a lot more to learn about the Marian missionaries as the mission expands. And Father Michael Gately's new book, The Second Greatest Story Ever Told, Now is the Time of Mercy, is also going to help people understand the depth of the mission that is, is being lived out here. That is such a beautiful example and reflection of everything that the Holy Father is calling us to do right now. Pope Francis is the Pope of the poor. He is the, he is the Pope of the broken. And that is exactly what these young men are doing. And what an amazing opportunity right here in our country for any young man to go and experience this, even if they don't feel that they're called to the priesthood. It is an amazing year that they could participate in. And what it will do for their spiritual growth and development is phenomenal. That wraps up our first two questions of the day. After the break, we will hear our second two questions. And then on our last quarter of this program, we rehash the questions and we play some of the songs, the prayers put to song that St. Louis de Montfort prayed during his consecration. This gives you an opportunity to just kind of do a little more pondering and meditation on the discussion questions that we have. I do want to remind you that Real Life Radio is a listener-supported radio station. If you enjoy the programming that we're bringing to you, feel free to join us on our journey, on our mission. You can visit realliferadio.com. That's realliferadio.com. We have a really neat program called the Care to Share program. Real Life Radio, we pay it forward. We take your support and we help support the charity of your choice as well. Join our family. Visit realliferadio.com and click the Care to Share tab on the homepage. This is a Living Witnesses show. Typically, we hear stories of people. Everybody has a story and every story is worth telling. If you would like to share your story with our listeners, send me an email, mary at cultureoflifemedia.com. That's mary at cultureoflifemedia.com. I would love to hear from you and hear about your faith walk on Real Life Radio's Living Witnesses.
Real Life Radio's Living Witnesses with Mary Graham. Our guest today, Michelle and Julie. So glad to have you a part of the show. We are working on preparation for Marian consecration. This is actually consecrating our lives to Jesus through His Mother, through Our Lady, the Virgin Mary. And we're using 33 Days to Morning Glory to do it yourself retreat that was written by Father Michael Gately. We are on day five of the retreat. Question number three for today, Mary is not outdone in generosity. How can this be so? What gifts does she have that allow her to be the most generous of human beings? You know, I love that question, Mary, because I really kind of, as I was reading Father Gately's writings, I'm like, well, how can that be so? You know, Mary is certainly not God. She's not the Trinity. But as this question poses, I really started thinking, she was conceived without sin. We call that the Immaculate Conception. In the, in the womb of St. Anne, her mother, Mary was conceived without sin, and God gave her this singular privilege because he was going to ask her a really important question. Would she be the mother of God? And she said yes to that. And in saying yes to becoming the mother of God, she became the mother of all of us, of all Christians. And, you know, at the end of her life, she becomes the Queen of Heaven. All of the graces that she received from God were because of her yes. She was able to give that total, unique yes. And I think that's such a beautiful model for us to give our yes to this Marian consecration so that we can more fully give God everything we have. When we think about the Immaculate Conception, there's no other way to think of it than to recognize that, yes, she is the perfect human being. And when we're asking the question, what gifts does she have that allow her to be the most generous? From the cross in John 19, verse 26 and 27, Christ gives her to us as our mother. He also gives us to Our Lady as our mother. There is this beautiful gift of motherhood that she's been given. Michelle, I love what you're saying here, that Mary was given to us at the cross directly by our Lord, all of us who are the beloved disciples, like St. John, who was standing right there, and he gives us to her as well. We go back to that thought about the Immaculate Conception. We don't even know how tainted we are because of original sin. You know, our, our thinking isn't 100% on our ability to act rightly has been tainted. And so when we think of the gifts that Mary has and why she can be so generous, it's because she has all of those virtues, thinking, everything about her perfected by her Immaculate Conception. Let's get back to the question. She sends the most generous graces on people we love as we continue to pray for them before, during, and after the consecration. And she adds her intercession as Queen of Heaven. How generous are you? How many generous people do you know? And what are they generous with? Their time? Their money? Their willingness to be compassionate? Are these qualities of generosity ones that you practice? I'll take a stab at that question. We had a recent example in the Musselman household. I always want to think I'm generous, but my husband really always outshines me in this. And and recently at, at school, uh, there came an email that they wanted everybody to bring in some muffins. The kids were going to celebrate something that was going on in their band. And my husband loves to cook, and he's a really good cook. And he answered back to the email, I will make 140 muffins. 
Your husband did? 140. <laughs> yeah. he's, done, he's done this bulk baking before. He did like 36 dozen cookies for the football team. And Thanksgiving, he's done like 53 fried turkeys. So he, he's done this in the past. Wow. But, you know, in my little mind, I'm like, oh, my kitchen's going to be a mess. He's going to be up all night. How much is that going to cost to buy all those, you know, cans of pumpkin and chocolate <laughs> chips and everything else? And, and Bob just did this whole project with joy. And to top it all off, he's not a morning person, and the band director wanted these delivered at 7.15 in the morning. And I'm like, no, I can't do it, because I don't take the kids to school till 7.30. He got up early, he's out the door, and, t- and delivering these muffins. And I just sat back, and I, I thank God, first of all, for my husband, but it was such a reflection for me on how, like, we want to give to a point, to a, a, a line that we draw in the sand so to speak. We don't want it to hurt. You don't want it to hurt. And Bob just joyfully did this whole 140 muffins. And and I, I just love that example of him. Julie, that really makes me think of where my thoughts went with this question. How generous are you? How many generous people do you know? And when I think of the word generous, I often think of parents who pour themselves out for their children, or husband and wives who pour themselves out and give their whole being to each other. And as a single but engaged woman, it, it really makes me think about how I'm going to be soon entering into that state of life. So it's just such a great example that you gave because it really is where my thinking is when, you know, a a father is able to go against his normal daily schedule and take the time out to make hundreds of muffins and cupcakes for Mm -hmm. his children and the people at school. I mean, that's really an example of the generosity of parents and of how we give ourselves to each other in, in a, the, the family state of life. He works a full-time job, so this is, he's not a stay-at-home dad. This is like coming home from work <laughs> and starting this project at 7 o'clock at night. So it, it was really amazing. Beautiful. Michelle, something that I'm sure you're going to experience once that parenthood hits is every mom at some point in time has been nursing her sick children, nursing her sick family, and then two to three days in realize, Oh, I feel so bad because I, too, have a fever. (laughs) Something we all do. The total gift of self. It's incredible. Yes. Yes, it is. There's a prayer written by St. Ignatius of Loyola that our family is is prayed for many years. And and I really pray it all the more with my heart when I see my own lacking in generosity. And, And this is how it goes. Lord, teach me to be generous. Teach me to serve you as you deserve. To give and not to count the cost to fight and not to heed the wound, to toil and not to ask for rest, to labor and not to ask for reward, save that of knowing that I do your will. Amen. We do need to move on to question four. It says, uh, Mary loves to give the gifts of Jesus to others. Recall the story of the wedding feast of Cana in John's Gospel, chapter two. List all of the merciful gifts of Mary recorded in that story. Let's just go over that, John, chapter two. The wedding feast of Cana is one of the luminous uh, mysteries, and, and if you mm-hmm. pray the, the, the rosary regularly, you will come across the Luminous Mysteries on Thursday. And and in the wedding feast of Cana, she, they're at a wedding. Jesus and his disciples and his mother were there, and the wine runs short. And the mother of Jesus, Mary, just tells him they have no wine. Then Mary tells the servers that great line, do whatever he tells you. 
what then happens? They fill the jars with water, and they come out with the best wine that anyone in uh, Israel has ever tasted, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. What, what's going on there? What, what's in there, these, these merciful gifts of Mary? First of all, what I noticed was she's concerned about this couple, and she doesn't want them to be embarrassed, right? And she sees their need before they even see the need. You know, they're probably off greeting guests or, you know, sitting at the head table or whatever wedding feast mm-hmm. involved back then. Um, but then she's behind the scenes asking Jesus to act. And, and Michelle, you had a great thought on what happens next. Once the miracle occurs and the water is turned into wine, the wine is actually better than any other wine that was served at the wedding that day. So it really goes to show us that when Mary intercedes for us, the result is better than we could have ever imagined. No one had expected better wine that day. And when they tasted it, they knew. So it's really just a perfect example of how we're always going to get a better result when we give ourselves to Mary and we allow her to take control. As we're preparing for Marian consecration, I think that is really what this is all about. We're going to be giving our lives to Mary in a new and different way and asking her to be behind the scenes in our lives and to help us with all the things that we know about and that we don't know about and trusting that her intercession will produce amazing and beautiful things for us, even things that we don't know about, and her coming alongside of us and making things better than they ever could have been if we just tried to keep hacking away at it in our own strength. We actually have less than a minute left, but there's one more portion to this question, and that is, what would you say to Mary after the miracle is made known to you? Any thoughts on that? I just think of my heart would just be like, wow, Mary, you are so amazing. (laughs) I mean, if I saw her the next day or when I came back from my honeymoon, I would have just wanted to do something so precious to thank her for Mm -hmm. that amazing gift. That's going to wrap up our day today as we prepare our hearts, minds, bodies, and souls for consecration to Jesus Christ through Our Lady. We are using Father Michael Gately's 33 Days to Morning Glory and the Companion Guide for his book that was written by Carol R. Younger. Our closing prayer for today, Come Holy Spirit, living in Mary. Help me be generous in giving all I have to Mary. Coming up after the break, we are going to rehash the discussion questions just briefly and listen to the prayers put to song that St. Louis de Montfort uses in his preparation for consecration. That's all coming up on Real Life Radio's Living Witnesses.
Welcome back to Real Life Radio's Living Witnesses. Each week we do have one final prayer that we say, a weekly prayer that we say every single day, and today's prayer is the Angelus. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, And she was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done unto me according to thy word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the word was made flesh. And dwelt among us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God. That we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth, we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we, to whom the incarnation of Christ, thy Son, was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection. Through the same Christ, our Lord. Amen. Day 5 of St. Louis de Montfort's Total Consecration to Jesus Through Mary is a reading from Thomas A. Kempis. It's on The Imitation of Christ. It's book number 3, chapter number 40. You can find a copy of it online at fisheaters.com. Let's ponder our first two questions of the day as we listen to Vene Creator. Question number one, everyone is called in some way to give everything to God. Marian consecration makes it easier, quicker, sure, and more perfect. But how does it do that? And question number two, which of your gifts would you especially like to become more perfect before God gets it? What would you ask of Mary to perfect it? Thank you. 
Question number three of our day five preparation. How generous are you? How many generous people do you know? And what are they generous with? Their time, their money, their willingness to be compassionate. Are these qualities of generosity ones that you practice? And question number four, recall the wedding feast of Cana. Pretend you are the bridegroom or the bride. What would you say to Mary after the miracle is made known to you?
Marion Grace and Ave Maria Stella on Real Life Radio's Living Witnesses. The next song that St. Louis de Montfort prays is the Magnificat. Let us pray. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked with favor on his lowly servant. From this day, all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. He has shown the strength of his arm. He has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel, for he remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be forever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That wraps up day five of our preparation for consecration to Jesus through the Immaculate Heart of Mary. You're listening to Real Life Radio's Living Witnesses.